You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. called Raise a Standard. Raise the Standard. And it comes out of um, the Bible in Isaiah where it says, when enemies come in like a flood, look to God who is lifting a standard. And this morning, the standard that I'm going to talk about is the standard of peace. Because I don't know about you, but all of last year, whether we went through stuff externally, internally, it's time to get our peace back. And we're going to do that this morning. Uh, the Bible says in Isaiah 26.3, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Can somebody say all? Trust the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. And then in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, be anxious for nothing. Somebody say nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Somebody say, all and nothing. That's the title of my message. All and nothing. All and nothing, because the Bible says that we can trust the Lord in all things, and we can be anxious for nothing. And the crazy thing about all is that it's all. And the crazy thing about nothing is that it's nothing. There's no caveat. Like God doesn't give a, except for when you go through grief, except for when there has been a loss, except for when the future you don't know yet, except for there's no caveat. The Bible says that we can trust God in all things and that we never have to be anxious. So I'm going to help us today to unravel how do we do that in practical life? Because I don't know about you, but real life hits sometimes. And so we can know that in our head, but today I want to ensure that we know it in our heart and that we walk out of here with peace this morning. Um, A few years ago, a leading uh, professor at American University studied worry and anxiousness. And this is what his research discovered. Are you ready? This is what we are anxious about. This is what he found. 40% of what people worry about are things that will never happen. 30% are concerns of the past. 12% are needless worries about health. 10% are petty issues. 8% are legitimate concerns. So 92% of what we worry about is wasted energy. 92%. And this morning, I want to talk about, it's going to encompass the 92%, but this morning, I want to talk about the 8% the legitimate fears, the legitimate concern, the legitimate things that happen in our life. How do we keep our our peace through that? Real life problems, when the bottom drops out, when we're in, when we can't see our way, it's like walking through darkness and you can't see the future. When you get a bad doctor's report, when the relationship has gone awry, when the bottom drops out, when real life begins to hit, how do we keep our peace? And, um, and more than that, how do we not turn to just another vice or an addiction? Like, how do we keep our peace in Jesus and live in a healthy way? And like I said, this is when, like, real things, like things we didn't plan on. Do you ever have that? Like, actual fears that come upon you, and it's like, I didn't plan on that little excursion. Now, I know a little something about excursions. 
Um, about two or a couple years ago, I went to New Zealand and I went there um, for a conference, but beforehand I went with a couple girlfriends and we were just gonna do an adventure trip. And so each of us chose one excursion and we would all go on that excursion. So I chose whitewater rafting and it was like whatever the craziest grade is, that's what we did. I think it was grade four or something like that. And um, it was like you go down four waterfalls, the entire um, float that you're, that you're in gets sunk completely under the water and you pop out. I survived. Um, it was so fun. It's what I wanted to do. And so all the girls in their terror did it with me and it was so much fun. And then, um, so we were in this place called Rotorua. And Rotorua in New Zealand is the number one junkie, uh, adrenaline junkie capital of the world. So when I talk about doing these excursions, like it's no joke, okay? And so my other friend chooses this thing called glowworm caves. And these glowworm caves um, was that we were, what was told to us was that we were gonna go go tubing in, and they call it the Blackwater Caves. And it's Blackwater Caves because you can't see what's in the water, it's pitch black, and you can't see anything, and you just have to push your, your way through. And, you know, and apparently there's these glowworms, it's gonna be beautiful. So we're like, okay, yeah, totally, we'll do that. Anyway, so we go, and um, there we are, we get to the place, and they're like, jump in the van, here's all your gear. And I'm like, gear? For getting in water? And they give us a wetsuit, they put boots on us, they put clothes on us, they put um, all these ropes and things and gadgets. And I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. Like, we're getting in water. And so I'm asking the, the tour guide, you know, the guide that's with us, like, uh, what is all this for? And he refuses to tell us the next steps. How many people been there in, in life? You don't know the next steps. And so he's like, no, you're just gotta trust me. You just gotta follow me. I'm like, oh, I met you one minute ago. Anyways, and so we go. And then they take us in a van and the van starts going all the way up. And I'm like, why are we going up? Isn't water down? And so I'm so confused. And so they bring us up and can you show us, the, there's my first picture, smiling, because we don't know what's about to happen. So excited. There's the tour guide right there, so pumped. There's the three of us. Um, and then they drop us down um, this hole, a cave, that we have to be dropped down multiple stories to get to the water. Okay, that's, that's what it looks like. So we get dropped down into the water. We've got to unhook ourselves. We get to the tube, the inner tube. And as I look at the water and you can't see anything, I'm like, is there anything in this water? Thinking they'll say no. He's like, yeah, I mean, there's eels. Eels? Eels are in this water? And they're like, don't worry, you're gonna be fine. I'm like, oh, like, okay. And so then we get in the tube and um, eels are in the water. It's pitch black. And um, we have a little light that's on our head that we're not to use unless it's an emergency. Probably don't want us to see what's coming. Anyways, and so... You can show the next picture. We have to crawl through like rocks. We've got to like, I mean, it was like rebirth over here. Like it was insane. And so we're like going through all this stuff. So we go all the way down river. And finally we get to the part that's going to be magnificent. They get us down there. They're like, okay, sit down for a second. Take a break. He like hits this, this sound. And then all of a sudden this cave lights up beautifully. You can show the picture. Like... So there's only two places in the world where this happens. It's like a wonder. Like, it's absolutely extraordinary. And so we're lying there. It's amazing. And so then he begins to tell the story of the glowworms. And I'm, like, so fascinated. And he's like, well, actually, they're not glowworms. They're maggots that light up. 
I'm lying under thousands, if not millions of maggots in a black cave in water with eels. And I'm like, that, you don't say that on the brochure. And he goes, well, if we said that on the brochure, no one would come. And I'm like, exactly. And so then the worst part of it was after that beautiful experience, they're like, okay, now we've got to go back up to get out of the cave. I'm like, what do you mean back up? Is this thing not circular? And so he's like, no, we've got to go up the river. And he's like, but don't worry. As you're getting through, it's only about waist deep. You're going to be fine. I'm like, waist deep to you? You're six foot four. I'm five foot three. It's up to my neck, people. I'm trying through the water. I'm so tired. I've got to get all the way back, finally get back to where we started. And then all of a sudden he says, and you can put up the last photo, you need to climb that. Okay, I'm exhausted. I have a wetsuit. I have boots that have filled with water. I have gone downriver and upriver. And now, he says, now, when you climb this, don't use all of your arm strength first or you'll never make it to the top. Use your leg strength. And then he says, you've got two ropes. Now, I'm going to go first, and I'm going to be at the top, but you won't be able to see me. But I will, at some parts that are very difficult, I can help you just a little bit. And he said, so you can call out to me. He said, but, he's like, if you freak out and get scared and you think you're going to fall, make sure that you don't pull the right rope because that's me, and I'll come flying out and die. I'm like, great. So your life and my life are in my hands trying to get up this. And you guys, this is no joke. There's no footings. Like, they haven't made this, like, the mall climbing. Like, this is insane. And I'm staring at it going, I didn't choose this excursion. I didn't want to do this. Like, I'm in my, you know, 40s or 30s now. And I'm like, you know, once you get to those ages, you don't do what you don't want to do. Like, peer pressure ain't a thing. I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. And so I'm like, I am talking to the tour guide. And I'm like, tell me a way out of this. Like, get somebody here. Can you lift me up on the thing that you brought me down on? I am talking my way through everything. Everybody knows I'm a communicator. No. This is the only way to get out. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, I, you know, like you get to that place in life, too, where it's like, you, you don't think it's in you. Like, you don't actually think you can. This isn't like, I think I might be able to. Oh, it's kind of, I don't think I can. How many people have been there in life? Something comes out of the left field, and you're like, I don't think my heart can stretch this much. I don't think I can do this. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, I don't think I can, do, I don't think it's in me. And there's no way out. And so I begin to make the climb. And I do exactly what he tells us not to do. And I get halfway through and my hands are shaking. My, my fingers are bleeding. I'm holding on so hard because I'm so frightened that I'm going to kill him. And so I get to the part on that mountain where you kind of see, you, kinda, you almost have to throw yourself back to throw yourself forward and catch with your foot if you're as short as I am doing this. And I, at that point, was like, God... I think you have greater days for me. I think that there are promises that you have. So, Lord, if that's true, send me an angel and help me to get to the top. And I remember literally closing my eyes because I'm like, this is game over and launching myself. And somehow, because Jesus is king on a throne, my foot catches and I make it to the top. Come on, people. I make my way out. 
The question in those hard times becomes, do I trust in God or do I trust in me? When we didn't pick the excursion, we didn't pick the grief, we didn't pick the loss, we didn't pick the relationship, we didn't pick the, and the bottom drops out. And the thing about anxiousness or worry or fear that comes in those significant times is this, is what we're really saying is when we worry even about legitimate things, what we're really saying is our problems or our fears are bigger than God's promises and that God can't take care of us. That's what we're actually saying. I want to trust in you. I want to believe in you. But this problem, this situation, this thing that's happened is so great. Could my promise be greater than that? Can we trust God? And I believe that we can. And so I'm just going to run through a few points to help us during those legitimate times in our life to bring peace into our life, peace that surpasses understanding. So my first point is this. Peace is not external. It is internal. Peace is produced by the Holy Spirit. So peace is not the absence of a storm. It is not external conflict. It is not... um, the perfect person. It's not the perfect doctor's report. Peace is the perfect prince of peace. It's that we invite the Holy Spirit and we invite the God of the universe into our life, who is, the Bible says, one of his names is the prince of peace. So it's not found in the thing or the conflict, but this is what it's found in. Peace is the knowledge of the fact that the Holy Spirit is with us when we get the report, when the bottom drops out, when the relationship goes awry, that the Prince of Peace himself is on the inside of us if we have invited him in. God brings peace into our most insane situations when we call on him. And the thing about peace is you can't manufacture it. You can't fake it because it flows from the God of peace. He's real. It's a person. It's the person of Jesus. So when we're anxious and our thoughts are everywhere, we have to stop and go, do I have the peace of God, the prince of God in my life? Because if I do, then I have access to all peace. I can trust the Lord in all things. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 3.16, now may the Lord of peace himself, so he is peace, Give you peace at all times and in every way. Peace flows from our relationship with him. So when we face a real issue in our life, if we don't take that moment and just stop and breathe for 10 seconds and then focus and go, okay, Prince of Peace, you're here with me, and then peace doesn't come, then we have to ask ourselves the question, is he with us? Is he in us? Have we invited him? Because if we did, then one of the the things that's produced by the Holy Spirit are the fruits of the Spirit, and peace is one of them. It's produced by him. So to get the peace, we have to ensure that we have Jesus himself on the inside of us. Can I get an amen? amen? Number two, peace is a promise. Peace is a promise. When we find ourselves like Job in Job 32, on Job 3, 25 through 26, when Job says this, what I feared the most has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. What about those times in our life? What happens when what we have feared has actually happened? Can we still have peace in that turmoil? When we have experienced rejection in the past, when we have been lost and alone, when we have had these things and all of a sudden it's at our doorstep. Can we have peace? Yes, because it's a promise. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace 
all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Do you know the word keep means to guard? to protect and to maintain. It's actually a military term, meaning to protect a camp or a castle. The enemy is not able to get in when God's promise of peace protects us. We have God as our guard. When the enemy camp, when everything's against us, the Bible says we can keep, like the enemies, like like on the battlefield, when the military are keeping their ground, that's us in a storm. Job didn't know the end of his story. You know, we read it and we're like, what an incredible story. Everything that Job feared, how awful Job's life was. All the horrible things that could happen to a person happened to him. Satan himself was given by God the right to mess up his life. He didn't know the deal. He didn't know the conversation between Satan and God. He didn't know that God was going to restore him seven times over. He didn't know that God was going to give him a long life of 140 years so that he could experience the goodness of God because he actually stood against the devil in the hard times. He didn't know the end of his story. And I think for us, that's part of the problem. We don't know the end of our story. And so right in the middle when things get tough, we want to just fight with God or we want to let go of it all or we want to walk away or we want to go to a vice or something that's going to calm the pain. But instead, if we bring that pain to our Savior, the Prince of Peace, then I'm telling you we can be anxious for nothing and we can trust God in all things. Job didn't know the end of his story and we don't know the end of ours. God does. And he's working in the darkness. He's working behind the scenes. He's working in the things that we don't know. The phrase perfect peace, um, I did a bit of research, and this is God himself because I'm not a researcher like Dr. Pastor Mike. And so I'm going to share some things that God revealed to me. The phrase perfect peace in its literal form was actually the word shalom, shalom. There was no word for perfect other than shalom. And in Hebrew, the word shalom means this. Um, The word shalom literally is translated. um, Shalom, shalom means more than peace. It means wholeness, wellness, well-being, safe, happy, friendly, favor, completeness. To make peace, peace offering, secure, to prosper, to be victorious, to be content, to be tranquil, quiet, and restful. That is what the word shalom means. That's what perfection means. It means full restoration. It means peace that surpasses all understanding. It means that God is at work in our life. That's what God is trying to get across to us when he says perfect peace. And when God repeats himself, we better pay attention. Shalom, and you know what? Shalom again. (laughs) I think we need that. Because when the world's gone nuts, when our external or our internal world has gone mad, we need to know there is shalom, shalom. That God is true to his word. That he's true to who he is. That he is the God of peace. So how? How do we keep this promise? How do we live the promise of peace? My point number three is this, mindset. Set our mind on God, not on our problem or our fear. Set our mind on God, not our problem or our fear. Isaiah 26.3, you will keep in perfect peace. Somebody say shalom, shalom. You will keep... In him, perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. We need to focus and refocus our mind, not on our issue, our problem, our storm, our conflict, but on the Prince of Peace. 
And we begin to focus our mind on him when we realize that he can be trusted. And I began to think about this a lot because I realized in my life, I've had, you know, quite a few times in my life where the bottoms dropped out. And you think it's going a certain way, and all of a sudden you find yourself like left field. And I asked God, I'm like, God, how is it that I've been able, as hard as it was, and I'm not perfect at it, and lots of things have happened, but I've been able to keep my peace. I haven't gone to the addictions. I haven't gone to those things. And I felt God say to me, it's because you trust me. But many people don't trust God because they didn't trust in their earthly father or mother. And I began to think about my own life. And growing up, I um, grew up with the beautiful honor of growing up in a very stable home with a mother and a father who love one another, who've been married now over 40 years. And um, so I grew up with stability. I grew up with security. I grew up with a dad who was proud of me and told me so. I grew up with parents that apologized when they needed to. Like, they are incredible. I remember this time that I was in college and I was working at Chili's Bar and Grill and um, waiting tables. And my parents came from Ecuador. They're missionaries. And they came and so they sat at one of my tables so that I could wait on them. And, and I did. I waited on them. And then... Um, Afterwards, um, and all my, my, like my employers, my manager, my employees, all of them would kind of go and talk to my parents. And then afterwards, I'm sitting with my parents. And I'll never forget my dad looking at me in the eyes. And he just said, Stacy, I want to let you know, I'm so proud of who you are. He's like, it's not that you're just putting yourself through college and you're waiting tables and you're doing all these things. He said, but each one of the employees and your manager came around and told me how kind you are told me how much you encourage them, how much you're a light in a restaurant. And he said, I'm not proud of what you do. I'm proud of who you are. Let me tell you this. When you grow up like that, it's not a hard step or a gap to the bridge that is Jesus. Because I had a, a concept of an earthly father that was kind, that was security, that was proud, that was all these things. And so when I made the connection to God, then I could go, God, I don't get it. I don't understand at times, but I trust you. And this morning, I really believe there is restoration in this house because I know that probably 90% of people didn't grow up the way that I grew up. I know that there is instability in the world. And I know that in humans, um, things can go awry real quick. And maybe you didn't grow up with a dad you can trust or a mom that you could put your true heart into. Maybe you didn't grow up in that way. But I believe this morning that the bridge to trust, the bridge to God is something that God wants to restore in your life because God himself himself can show himself strong on your behalf. And you may have no history of what a good daddy looks like, but I'm telling you, you can have a big bright future of what your daddy God looks like that's going to carry you through every difficult and every hard time in your life so that you don't have to go and worry your anxiety comes. You don't have to go to the addiction. You can go to God himself. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard, will protect your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Point number four, and this is what I wanna hang my hat on, <laughs> and this is what I practice daily, is turn every anxious thought or worry into a prayer. This is gonna save us this morning <laughs> because we can't help the anxious thoughts that come. They come, don't they? They come. But we have an opportunity and we have a choice as to what we do with each and every thought that comes our way. 
So when the negative report comes, when the bottom drops out, and then there becomes the whisper of a devil, this happened to you before, it's gonna happen to you again. Don't trust God. When the devil comes and he's whispering lies and telling you all these things about you that are not true, they're not things that God would say about you, and the whispers come, this is when you isolate the thought and go, no, in the name of Jesus, I have God as my Father. He would not say those things about me. I rebuke you, the voice of the enemy in the name of Jesus I will live a life of peace even when it doesn't make sense or seemingly when it doesn't make sense the Bible says in 1 Peter 5 7 cast all your cares all and and, and here in the Amplified it says all your anxiety all your worries all your concerns once and for all on him he cares about you with the deepest affection and watches over you very carefully that's the kind of God that we've got. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, trust God. You know, anxious worry, it's been said that there are more people addicted to anxiety than to any other addiction combined. I'm telling you, we need to win the war in our thought life. We've got to win the war. And the easiest way to do that is just like what I said, you can rebuke the devil, but any worry or fear that begins to come, you simply make a choice to make it a prayer. How do you pray at all times and in every way, like the Bible says? I began to realize when I've gone through really dark times, when I couldn't see my way to the future, when I thought things were gonna happen and they seemingly are not, and I, and I feel like I'm in utter darkness, the one thing that I can do when the anxiety, when the words come, when the things, the thoughts come, I can go, no, 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 no. God, I give that to you. Lord, I don't know what to do with that worry. I give it to you. God, I invite you in. Lord, Prince of Peace, God, give me peace. And how long, how do you do this? How do you practice this? Until the peace comes. Until the peace comes. The word anxious means that which divides, distracts the mind, which draws the person into different directions. And people ever feel crazy? That's anxiety. That's real true anxiety. You feel crazy because your thoughts are going in multiple directions. They were never meant to. They were meant to be on Jesus, our Savior. If you feel divided, double-minded, that's the devil, not God. And here's the revelation that God gave me. If you go back even before the Hebrew word of shalom, shalom, and you go back to the pictographic when it was pictures, there were four words that make up the word shalom, and it was shin, lamb, bab, and mem. And it reads this, destroy the authority that binds to chaos. Destroy the authority that binds to chaos. What does that mean? Isn't that just the devil? He's trying to bring in words of division that makes our inner world and our thought life chaotic to the point that we don't know how we can or what we can or all the things. And God is saying through shalom, we have access to go, no, I cast you out in the name of Jesus. You cannot make my thought life anything other than God himself. We have that ability as children of God. This is where we bind the devil. And we need to learn how to do that because... Um, the average person has 12,000 separate thoughts a day. That works to about 4 million a year. When God says to keep our minds fixed on Him, that's a real thing. We got a lot of practice. 
We got 4,000 thoughts a day that we have to turn from weariness into a prayer. That's why God says to take every thought captive. Can we trust God in all things? Can we believe him? Can we trust in him? I believe this morning we can. We can trust the God in all things and we can worry for nothing. I want everybody just to take a stand. We're gonna pray and we're gonna do some business with God and some business with the devil. Because I don't know about you, but whether things got complicated out in the world or things got complicated on the inside with our heart and our thought life, I believe this morning that we can walk out of here with peace. We can walk out of here with the Prince of Peace. And this morning, I really felt charged by God to help people to get free. Because I don't want us to hear a pretty little word. I want us to be free. I want freedom in our hearts. And I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to be anxious. I know what it feels like to worry. I know what it feels like to not see my way forward. But I also know what it feels like to have the steady hand of God in my life. I know what it feels like that when I wanna grieve or cry or, or be, have righteous anger, it's God that holds me in those times. It's when we invite Him in, that's what God does. God is the God of the mountaintop and the valley. So I want us to close our eyes this morning. I'm gonna do three calls to the altar because I don't think we use the altar enough because sometimes it takes a step to get out of the old to get into the new and I want to do this I'm going to pray some prayers we're going to believe and we're going to pray for people to invite the Prince of Peace into their life we're going to pray for people who grew up in a rocky background where it's been hard to trust God and we're going to pray for people that have anxious thoughts that can't sleep at night that are so worried and riddled with anxiety that it's time to be set free. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna give each one of those calls forward. And I'm just gonna ask, I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand. And although I'm just gonna ask you to step outside of your seat, come straight up to the altar in any of those calls. And there's probably a lot of us in this room, I'd be on the altar if it was me. And we're gonna pray together. We're gonna pray for the Prince of Peace to come in and do what only he does, the miraculous. No human word suffices sometimes. Isn't that right, church? No human word. It's like when you're going through real pain, the nicest, the most caring of friends, it's awesome and it's great to be in community. But I'm telling you, when you're lying there in your bed at night and the darkness seems to roll in, I'm telling you, only God, only the Prince of Peace can restore a soul. And he says we can do it in his promise. Shalom, shalom. He'll restore us and he'll bind the devil. He'll restore us and he'll bind the devil. I don't know about you, but I need that freedom. I need that freedom for the world in which we live and the relationships in which we have. So this morning, if that is you, if you have never invited the Prince of Peace in your life, I wanna give you an opportunity to invite the Prince of Peace in right now. Or if you feel like your peace has been stolen, that you had peace once upon a time, but if you were honest in your life, you're not at peace right now. 
and you want to invite in the presence of God, the peace of God, I want you to just step outside of your seat and just come to the altar. We're going to pray together. Just make your way out. Yeah, I see those hands. I know there's already people. Just make your way out. Just come out to the altar. Come on, come forward. Yep, it's so good. Come on, come out. Come to the altar. So good. Come on. There's many of us in this place. Let's get our peace back this morning. Let's not let the devil win. Let's get our peace back in the name of Jesus. It's time for our souls to be at rest. It's time for our souls to be at peace in the name of Jesus. That's right. Keep coming forward. Just keep coming. My next call is this. Just keep coming. The next call is this. For those of you that have grown up with a rocky background, with maybe a single mom or a single dad or just havoc in the home. And if you were honest with yourself, you feel like that bridge is so far that it can't be gap, that the gap can't be met. And I'm telling you this morning, it can. There's people like me, I think, who God puts in the world sometimes to give people a picture of what that can look like. I always ask God that, God, how come I don't have the story of the crazy addiction and then I got radically saved and then I, and I remember God saying one time, one time he said, Stacy, sometimes people need a picture like you of what it looks like to grow up in a stable home, of what health looks like. And I'm not saying I have it all together and I've gone through all kinds of things, but since the age of four, I've had the Prince of Peace in my life and that's what sustains me. It's what sustains me when everything goes awry. And you can have that too this morning. So if that's you and you want healing and restoration of relationships, whether it be a mother or father or other people that have wounded you, I just want you to come forward because I'm going to pray for you too. So just make your way out of your seat. Begin to come forward. Come on, in the name of Jesus. And then the last call, just keep making your way forward. Then the the last call that I want to have are the people where you've been riddled or you've had anxiety. Not even riddled, it's just like sometimes you have anxiety or anxiousness takes over or you can't sleep at night or you're tormented in your mind or at night you cannot sleep because there's so many words, not just one, the word of Jesus. I want you to make your way forward because we are gonna bind the devil because that is a spirit. Fear is a spirit, it's not a thing. It's a spirit and we can bind a spirit and we can tell it to leave in the name of Jesus and it has to obey. When we have the authority of God himself on the inside of us, that voice, that demonic spirit, that enemy has got to go. Jesus said it himself. He cast out devils and he said, more will you do when I leave and I send you the Holy Spirit, more you will do in my name than what I have done on earth. Oh, when we recognize the authority that we have when we recognize that we are a true son and a true daughter of Jesus himself, then that chaos, that enemy has got to go. So we're gonna bind the devil. So everybody, if if you fall into one of those categories, just come forward and let's just lift our hands to heaven and we're gonna begin to pray right now. And for those of you that haven't come out of your seats, begin to pray because I'm telling you freedom is on this altar. And I want freedom. We're not gonna leave here without freedom today. In the name of Jesus, it's time to be free. So first, we're gonna invite the Prince of Peace in, and if you could repeat after me. Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace. You died on the cross to forgive me of my sins and reconcile my eternity and to live forever with you, the Prince of Peace. I receive you 
into my head and my heart this morning. And I will walk with you the rest of my days. In your name, Jesus, amen. Let's hear a big cheer and amen. That's no trivial prayer. We've got the Prince of Peace, now we can go to battle. We had to get that one done. We need to invite the Prince of Peace because that's how we fight our enemies. So now I want you to lift your hands to heaven and let's begin to pray. And ministry team, come and just lay your hands on people appropriately and we're gonna pray. If you, if you pray in a prayer language, a language between you and God, just begin to pray. Freedom is about to hit people right now in the name of Jesus. Freedom is about to minister to people. Freedom is gonna restore what we thought was very lost and very gone in the name of Jesus. Oh God, oh God, Lord, I pray right now. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is at work and present in our life. I thank you, Jesus, Lord, that people are reaching out for their freedom and their freedom lies in you. God, I pray for restoration. Lord, where there has been chaos and havoc in their homes and in their history and in their past, Lord, I pray today, God, for a reconciling, Jesus, a reconciling to you, oh God. Lord, that we may not be able to do anything about our history, but oh, we can lean on you, oh God, for our future. Lord, I pray right now, Father, that peace begins to restore their soul. I thank you, oh God, that you would begin to um, show them that you are God, their Father, and that they can trust in you, a perfect God, that we might not have had perfect parents, and we might have had horrible examples, but that is not you, Jesus. Lord, you are the Prince of Peace. You are Shalom, and you lies all things, Father. Lord, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus where there has been heartache and pain in our histories with family members. I pray right now and release forgiveness right now. Forgiveness, oh God, and forgiveness doesn't mean that there isn't judgment, but that's for God alone. That is for Jesus himself. Instead, I see people right now, you've been in a cage, and I see that cage, but the thing is, that cage, it wasn't locked. The door can always be open, and I see this morning doors beginning to open. Let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. We can't change the history, but oh, our futures can be bright, so we release this morning. Take a big, deep breath and just release. Let it go. Let that mom and that dad, they did what they did. We don't know their history and their story and how they came to be the way that they are, but we release them to Jesus himself. We cast our cares upon him because he so cares for us. And now in the name of Jesus, oh Lord God, in our thought life, when anxiety and words of the enemy have sought to destroy us, in the name of Jesus, I bind chaos. I bind you, spirit of torment, in the name of Jesus. I bind you, spirit of fear, and I say leave right now. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over every work of darkness against these people. And I say leave right now, in the name of Jesus, you have no place in their hearts or in their minds. In the name of Jesus, I speak release right now over people's minds, no more destructive thoughts. I see words and curse words. I see even curses that have been put on people. We break them in the name of Jesus. We break generational strongholds in the area of anxiety and fear. And we break them off in the name of Jesus. I speak freedom. Those who are free are free indeed. So Lord, I thank you right now that you come in like a flood and that you replace every thought 
where the enemy used to occupy. We invite you, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace, come. Oh, I feel him. There's nothing like the presence of God. He's here. Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. God, do what we cannot. We release to you, Father, a good God who has good kids. Some of you, I even feel, it's like you think you took your life into your own hands and it's been so bad and you think, how could God? Because you're his son. You're his daughter. He doesn't care. The Bible says when you ask for forgiveness, he remembers your sin no more. It's as far as the east is from the west. Why do we? Why do we remember ours when God doesn't? Let it go. God loves you. He loves you so much. Let him minister deep into those places that maybe you've never been able to talk about. But this morning, you release them to God himself. And as we leave this place, remember to tell your story. There's power in a testimony. Share with a friend or a trusted person, a Christian in your life, what's happened. Sometimes just even in the sharing, we get free. And it's not for them to necessarily do something, but it's to remind ourselves that God is God, that He's seated on a throne and He is ever present in our time. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.